guys. Welcome to episode 115 of A Wrestling Gal Podcast, providing you with the female perspective on all things wrestling. Join me, your host and wrestling enthusiast, Ella J. As today, I am joined by the amazing host of the Kurt Johansson Show, Kurt Johansson. Now let's chat. Hello, everybody. Today I am joined by the host of the Kurt Johansson show and Fierce Females Focus, Kurt Johansson. So how are you doing today? Really excited. Uh, Thank you for having me on. Of course, I'm excited to be chatting with you. We got a lot to discuss today, but firstly, how are you feeling as we delve into this brand new year of 2021? Um, okay, I guess. I think it's just frustrating for anybody that's mm-hmm. remotely passionate about um, wrestling. Um, mm-hmm. I can't remember the last time I was at a live show, which is one of, it's a massive shock really, but like... Like you know, um, I've just had my daughter was born at the end mm-hmm. of last year, so I can't complain too much. Despite the struggles of 2020, mm-hmm. it still brought me my daughter, so can't complain. True, I completely understand the part of not going to a show because it'll be a year for me in the beginning of March, and that's the longest in like eight years I haven't gone to a show. It'll be almost a year now, so that's insane. I know everybody's been going through withdrawals, but you have had time, though, to be with your daughter and your family, like you said, so it's kind of a blessing, too, in a way, you know? Yeah, definitely, Um, especially because I think I was always on the road. Like I was always Mm -hmm. going to different shows up and down the country, and like my partner she's she doesn't understand wrestling she doesn't get it so yeah. it was it was a lot of it was a lot of pressure I guess for um like me always going away so mm-hmm. it's given me this chance to I think focus on the show focus on my family as mm-hmm. well and yeah I'm just looking forward to when things get back obviously see where the things with fierce females go um mm-hmm. if we're going to do any like face-to-face content and also wrestle carnival i'm doing interviews for them as ah. well now, so mm-hmm. it's not been too bad of a 2020 if you put all that into mm-hmm. um, perspective no i understand that too because it's given you more time to dedicate it to your craft and interviews at least like because wrestlers are more available now because they're not working so i definitely understand that it's like there's pros and cons to it both so i totally totally get that but like you said before we talk about your amazing show we have to learn more about where it all started so how did you find professional wrestling or what are your first memories of it jeez (laughs) <laughs> my, my first my first memories are they're always blurred because mm-hmm. I know they happened at a young age but I always struggle with which one came first um so I'll go through with like a couple of them I always remember the invasion angle on mm-hmm. um WWE with obviously WCW and ECW and I remember my stepfather at the time he was sat watching it with me and we both got so excited when Stone Cold returned. Mm-hmm. And I, I remember us just both getting really excited. He's running through Stone Cold, like giving everybody stunners and things like that. And because of that excitement, I know I was watching it before that, but that was just one of the, the big moments that stuck with me. And I used to always watch like the videos and over, over the years, like I yeah. had a lot of 
the old WrestleManias, mm-hmm. so and a lot of WCW. So despite I think a lot of people my age were all WWF WWE fans. Mm-hmm. I I was aware of like the Four Horsemen, uh, Sting, Hulk Hogan because of the old days and what he was doing with the NWO. So I, I always remember watching those. And when Hogan returned and they built the match between Hogan and Rock, like everybody's like, ah, I'm, I'm the Rock, I'm the Rock. But I was actually conflict. I was conflicted because I grew up idolizing Hulk Hogan from all these yeah. old videos. But then I also grew up idolizing the Rock. They were like my two favorite mm-hmm. wrestlers. And I still get goosebumps. I still get chills every time I watch a promo of the Rock just saying, Headlining WrestleMania after WrestleMania after WrestleMania. How about you headline one more WrestleMania with The Rock? And they, they were like my earliest memories of uh, pro wrestling. Now, within that wrestling recollection, like you said, you've gone back and watched some stuff and you watched stuff live growing up. Is there a certain storyline or feud, I guess, then that gra- you gravitated to or were captivated by the most? Perhaps it was Hulk and Rock. But besides that, is there any other storyline or feud you were captivated by? Ooh, Rock and Austin was always, mm-hmm. always one. Like, I don't think anybody that grew up in that era of wrestling wouldn't like Rock and Austin. Mm-hmm um like every every time my way comes on when i'm <laughs> out in a bar it's making me think of the wrestlemania promo package between them mm-hmm. and i think that, that that pulled me towards it quite a lot um see because i didn't grow i didn't grow up with sky all my life so i only yeah. had so sky's like our cable television here mm-hmm. so that was what wwe was on so it was it was always hard. Like I had those young memories and then there was a long period of time that I didn't get to watch WWE, which then gravitated me towards TNA. And mm-hmm. for years and years and years, I kept in touch with WWE via video games, the occasional YouTube clip, but I was watching TNA each week. And I always remember the, the one that's standing out for me most that I really enjoyed was the Samoa Joe Care angle, I think. Oh, yeah, yeah. The the Care angle's Care angle. There's a mm-hmm. reason why my solo show started off as the Care's uh, angle uh, yes. podcast. Um, and Samoa Joe was just like nothing I'd seen. He was just mm-hmm. a big bruiser. And when those two were locked horns and went face to face and that massive headbutt, that was something that, again, captivates, and it's something mm-hmm. that I enjoy going back to. That was during the time I was watching TNA as well, where there was, like, Kurt Angle, Samoa Joe, AJ Styles. You know, we saw Beer Money. We saw the Motor City Machine Guns. That was, like, my era, too. So yeah. I, I know exactly what you're talking about. That was a great time to watch and be alive during that. I completely agree. Kurt Angle is one of my personal favorites, as too. And it's pretty cool that you kind of did a, a nod to him in your solo show, Kurt's Angle Pod. So that's really, really awesome, too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i think that was always my twitter account for the show yes. i think it was from cat angle podcast and we've shared a couple of like dms and stuff and me just saying like look thank you for all the years and it was like happy to be following the show and stuff like that so who knows where that leads i know where i want it to go but there's a lot of stuff in the works hopefully Ooh. that can happen mm-hmm. but yeah just that tn era like they had so much good mm-hmm. stuff out like fortune when they was part of mm-hmm. immortal mm-hmm. and 
Abyss is like, they're here, they're here, and they're like, we were they, what are you on about? And then you just see the fortune side of Immortal just put up the fingers, and I was like, again, amazing. Or Bobby Roode going through the Bound for Glory series, mm-hmm. first time seriously as a singles competitor, gets through to the final, losing to Kurt Angle through underhanded con- uh, like tactics. James Storm wins it on the next weekly episode, mm-hmm. and then the whole James Storm and Bobby Roode, the turn was amazing, and uh-huh. the the feud they got from that, like, TNA have some fantastic moments. Oh, I completely, completely agree. I, I'm so happy where they are now, but it's fun to look back on some of the amazing moments that they had, like growing up yeah. while I was watching it, too. Completely agree. But we have to talk about what are your thoughts on the overall UK wrestling scene where you reside right now? For people who don't know, Kurt is from England, correct? Yep. Yes. So what are your thoughts about the overall UK wrestling scene right now? If you asked me about six months ago, it'd have been a very different answer. Yeah. Uh, a, a lot, a lot has happened over the last year. Obviously, we had that UK boom where the UK was the best wrestling scene in the world. Up mm-hmm. out, out there, like Progress and Rev Pro would go over mm-hmm. and do tours in America and do really well, especially Progress. And um, I know they had fans coming from Brazil flying to the UK and fans from America flying to the UK for their big weekend shows. And I think that shows just how great it got. But NXT UK came about, and I think that's been a fantastic thing as well because a lot of people would never have got to WWE if it wasn't for NXT UK. Correct. And I think it's given people, for example, James Drake, Zach Gibson, Grizzled Young Veterans now on NXT and Pete Dunne now on NXT like mm-hmm. without NXT UK would they have been given the opportunities because it's given them a platform to show just how good they are for TV um, and then the speaking out movement which has affected wrestling and I'm, I'm glad it happened I know friends mm-hmm. whether they are in-ring competitors or fans that are, were personally affected by a lot of the speaking out and it's it's changed like a lot of companies have gone mm-hmm. silent some have closed or some are still what's going to happen because it might have been management that was the rotten fruit of british wrestling yeah. and it it makes me excited to be honest i think there's still so much talent and there's so much hunger for people mm-hmm. to get back wrestling and this deep cleanse that we've had to get rid of a lot of the toxic people and i think when people say british wrestling's dead I, that statement's just it's stupid um Mm -hmm. a lot of companies have struggled because they use the same wrestlers as each other and then when nxt uk signed them up they're like oh crap what now whereas there's some fantastic promotions whether fierce females where they're bringing through a lot of their talent and Mm -hmm. uh, people like emily hayden my wrestle pal who you've had on the show yes she's doing some fantastic things Mm -hmm. at the moment in the south of england we've seen reach wrestling again put time and effort into creating a safe environment building up their roster from their academy as well and they've just done a series of academy shows that are getting a couple of thousand views each week on a friday night which i think is fantastic because it is academy students and for example one that i know i've spoken highly about to you la taylor yeah Yeah. from those reach academy unit 10 shows on youtube she she's gonna blow up when wrestling's back to normal in the uk any company that doesn't even look at her uh, stupid she 
She looks the part. She's fan, like she's great in the ring, and she's still so early in her career, but she mm-hmm. just absorbs everything. I completely agree, and uh, LA will be on a wrestling gal very, very soon. That is in the works. So thank you again to for introducing us. I we I followed her for a bit, but this just gives me and like you an opportunity to showcase her on a platform because, like you said, she is up and coming still. So definitely, that's another great aspect too about doing interviews is giving people the platform to share their stories and get their names out there as well. Hundred percent. I think that's what my show is built mm-hmm. on is having a look at um underappreciated wrestling scenes, mm-hmm. which again we'll get into when we discuss the content. But yeah, yeah, I'm I'm so excited for LA to be coming on your show. When I messaged her and I was like, hey, do you fancy doing another interview? Not mm-hmm. with me, and I was like, it's with a wrestling gal, and she was like, yeah, okay. I was like, she is in America, by the way. And she was like, oh, um, I was like, look, you'll be great. You're a star, and the fact mm-hmm. that you're having her on, and again your show is fantastic your content's fantastic and for you to give somebody so new to the wrestling scene from the uk a chance it's only going to do her wonders so props to you for that well thank you too so before you actually started interviewing and hosting was that something you always envisioned yourself doing or what did your childhood self want to be when you grew up exactly oh that's a question um i still don't <laughs> even know if i really know now i've done i've done quite a bit like i'm i'm 27 but mm-hmm. i've probably got the experience of like a 40 year old um <laughs> okay i so i started coaching football so soccer for those people um stateside mm-hmm. i was doing that professionally um my local club at the time was in the premier league and i started working in like the schools um working on camps putting people into the performance center so i did that for like four years and um, Again, that was one of my passions, one of my goals. And at that point, I started training to actually be a wrestler. I think there's oh. a video of me doing a Pele kick in training um, mm-hmm. somewhere, which I'm quite proud of. But I got a couple of injuries playing football. Playing, I'll call it soccer for you also. Um, okay. So I got a couple of injuries playing soccer to like my knees, and they weren't great to begin with. And I remember in the training, and I just ended up taking a bump awkwardly and nothing major like I didn't have to go to hospital or anything anything like that I was just quite sore for a few days and at this point I'd just come off crutches for like four months or something like that wow Uh, yeah I'd torn my ligaments and tendons in my ankle and just before that I'd torn my ligaments (laughs) uh, I tore my MCL um, in my knee Jeez, yeah so work wasn't happy I tore my MCL Mm-hmm. on crutches for a few months came off um started playing football again tore my ligaments and tendons in my ankle and then they weren't happy with it so when I got the bit of a stinger in training I was like I can't say I get an injury from trying to be a pro wrestler like that's that's my job so I thought football was the route I wanted to be in mm-hmm. uh, I, I love speaking I love working with young people and I was passionate for mental health, so I started doing some public speaking, doing mm-hmm. some motivational speaking around my troubles with mental health and That's coping awesome. strategies. Which it, it was it was a good feeling. It was difficult because uh-huh. I think the first time my, my mum found out just how bad mm-hmm. it was was reading it in the newspaper when they did an article on me. Uh-huh. Um, for I could be, and I was like, Mum, this there's some stuff where probably be hard to read but mm-hmm. it'll probably sum up a lot of things for you and stuff like that and 
I wanted to get away from football, but I couldn't because I think every job I applied for in the work where it's working with young people, trying to better them, finding them mm-hmm. work or courses or help support and stuff like that, they just they weren't interested. They just saw a football coach. So I went to Tanzania in Africa for three months um, teaching, doing sexual health and HIV AIDS awareness. Mm-hmm. And that that was an experience in itself, and that opened the doors where, to this day, I'm still working with, um, like the general public trying to help them seek employment or overcome their mental health struggles or any other health struggles. And I'd got to meet the Queen of England, which was Whoa. really sweet. Yeah. Um, wow. I got to meet the Queen of England and Prince Charles, and I don't um oh i can't remember helen mccrory i think she's out of um harry potter and damian lewis out of homeland they were all there and got to speak about my mental health the work i've done for public speaking and the work in africa and i got to do like buckingham palace and stuff like that so i i always knew i loved to talk and then i i got settled with my career i knew what i wanted to do and then yeah, it got suggested that I do a wrestling show with a couple of friends. Mm-hmm. I started out with them. And now, I don't know. Like I'm, I'm doing a job that I think I'll be in for life unless I went full-time into wrestling. Um, but I think my goal is in wrestling. I'm not too sure. I got asked by a guest the other day what I wanted to do because he wanted to put me forward for a few different things, whether that's managing or interviewing or commentary. So in terms of wrestling, I don't know what to do, but... I think in terms of my professional career away from wrestling, I'm do I'm doing what I wanted to do. I'm I'm helping people on a daily basis. That is quite the repertoire, and like you said, that is a lot of experience to like compact. And you're only 27 years old, so that's yeah. like amazing, but also insane how you keep up with that. But I, it's such an important thing to to use your own experiences and implement it into something that you love to do or that or that helps others because I know myself um I was a I have a bachelor's in psychology and I've had my own mental health stuff too so the yeah. fact that you publicly spoke on those issues is one it it makes you vulnerable and open to you know criticism and uh, you have eyes on you but to have that courage to put yourself out there for the greater good is such an amazing and powerful thing so i love that so much i am just like <laughs> in awe right now i know it's hard um trust me i know that but that's amazing that you did that and now you've turned it into something like interviewing and stuff and sharing other people's stories which is another great thing for the greater good it's putting other people on a platform and you get to learn things about them that maybe you wouldn't have known through just their wrestling character so that is an amazing thing and whatever venture you decide to go down whether it's managing hosting interviewing i think you could do it all quite frankly but whatever you decide to do kurt i think you will have this you definitely have the skill set to do whatever you put your mind to so that's awesome it's a good job we're not on video you'd be catching me blush (laughs) (laughs) no thank you like that does mean a lot and like you said like hearing people's stories um like recently i've had people after the interview say i've never spoke about that or never intended to Mm -hmm. speak about that 
um, people, whether it's oh, discussing their mental health for the first time publicly or um, one of my recent interviews with Sheikh Al-Sham where we discussed racism and religion. Mm. He's um, His parents are from Pakistan. He's living in the UK and just the cultural differences were... Yeah. When they found out who was wrestling, they had like a they had a family meeting where it was uncles that he's never even met before, and it was like he disgraced their family by doing this, and to for him to open up and talk about all the struggles he had as a child because if it wasn't academic and wasn't going to be like a doctor or something, yeah. nothing was good enough, mm. and the fact that people seem to be able to open up and start talking about their mental health or anything along those lines i'm always grateful um like i think it's important that people do speak more about mental health just because mm. it's it's real um but yeah there's nothing better than being able to tell people stories mm-hmm. and i only do a small part of that i ask the questions it's their oh. story so yeah i can't take too much of the credit but to be able to facilitate that conversation is like it's a great feeling now, in terms of interviews, your guests have ranged from twenty different countries, twenty different countries alone last year, including France, Japan, Turkey, the United States, and so many more. So, is there any particular guest or story then that you think has moved you the most? Ooh, that's that's a difficult one. Um, I don't know if I'd be able to say down to one. I think there's mm-hmm. been there's been a, a few like okay, my one with Emily Hayden we spoke mm-hmm. a lot about mental health about mm-hmm. that which was quite a passionate one and it was the one that I kick-started my rebrand from Kurt's Angle to the Kate Hansen show mm-hmm. and I think just because of the friendship that's blossomed from that between ourselves is one of the like great feelings from it um Michelle Sham one I think for somebody to speak so openly and to discuss some real topics and give more of an understanding of maybe that's why there isn't as many like um asian wrestlers especially Mm -hmm. if it's like stateside or anything or in the uk because of the family culture so Mm -hmm. that one got to me a lot as well i think they're the two where i think we spoke very deeply and passionate about real topics I feel like, too, those ones, I've had a couple instances where, like, we discuss, like, deeper topics, and sometimes it doesn't go according to plan, but I feel like those conversations are the ones that mean the most to you because it's raw and authentic conversation, you know? Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, definitely. Like, a lot of the time, I don't plan on speaking Mm -hmm. about those topics. It's just sometimes they come they just come up like naturally yeah. from the flow mm-hmm. conversation and yeah I think I think they were great and I think the one that kind of set the tone for me to look into other wrestling scenes would have been my interview with Shalcat. he was mm-hmm. um he's essentially the godfather of Malaysian wrestling okay. there's no wrestling scene in Malaysia he met Booker he won a competition where he could meet Booker T and he asked him a question of like, well, what do I do for wrestling? Because there's no wrestling scene here. It was like, train, get books or videos, train and make your own scene. If there isn't one, make it. And now mm-hmm. he's done some fantastic things where Booker T's planning on bringing him over to reality of wrestling. And I truly believe Shalcat will end up in the WWE as the first mm-hmm. Malaysian wrestler. And 
I think that one, I, I, I loved it, I think. And that's what kind of set the tone of me having a look at all these different wrestling scenes mm-hmm. from around the world. Yeah, you talk about you clearly have an eye for a wide variety of talent from around the world. But how exactly do you spot or find new talent from around the world to feature? How do you find them all? <laughs> um, <laughs> to be honest, I, I don't know. Like a lot of it could be just Googling. So mm-hmm. one scene, um, there is this. There's a particular wrestling scene. I won't say it until it does happen. Well, South Africa. So I've been looking in South African wrestling, where I'll Google it and I'll try and I'll just Google like South African wrestling companies and mm-hmm. I'll start looking through the different companies and try and watch some of the matches and yeah. things like that. And then be like, ah, I could maybe tell a good story with this person. And then I, obviously I approached them and my recent stuff like I've kind of put the asia southeast asia market on hold i'm not doing as much content there now because i did quite a lot and i'm currently looking in scandinavia where i'm doing sweden denmark Mm -hmm. norway finland and a lot of that's just word of mouth where i do i do an interview and they're like i'd love you to speak to this person Mm -hmm. Uh, do you mind if i put you in touch and that person reaches out and says hey i'd love to come on your show um or i'll message them and say hey so-and-so so-and-so said i should reach out because you've got a great story and i think that's just kind of how it develops and mm-hmm. it should be great watching all these new matches and companies that i probably wouldn't have watched before that's such a good thing too because uh, like you said we have like an eye for talent but sometimes you build connections off of your current guest or other connections i feel like this whole wrestling community is just a network of people and we're all trying to help each other out and that's how you build connections is if you have a good experience and then you share that with someone and then it just keeps building and building i can definitely attest to that too i've had some guests where, like, for example, I got Molly Spartan on, and she's good friends with Casey Owens. And so after we had a great chat, we, uh, me and Casey got in touch and all that. So it's definitely building off of each other and supporting each other within this wrestling community. I think you can attest to that, too, as well. Yeah, like like you said earlier, um, when I got you and LA in touch, mm-hmm. and um, I know, like, these other guests where I was like, hey, would you like to speak to this person? Mm-hmm. Or... Um, and there's there's other guests like I think it was with BBG Wrestling um, and Last Minute I got mm-hmm. them Danny Limelight on their show um, who's doing some great stuff in AEW or mm-hmm. there might be some UK guests where they're not getting the recognition they deserve so I think there's one where as of where recording it's Wednesday on the Friday it'll be dropping with Tyson Taylor who's wrestled over 15 years for all-star wrestling but mm-hmm. he doesn't get the recognition he deserves because all-stars a touring company it's family friendly and he's wrestling t- over 200 matches a year mm-hmm. but he doesn't That's get the recognition he deserves mm-hmm. uh, and now i think i've got him on four different shows um coming up as well so it's just about that like i'm not i'm not precious of my guests or anything mm-hmm. like that i just want when somebody sees you interview somebody, then reaches out and tries to release it before you, that's where I get my back mm-hmm. up a little bit. Um, I've had that happen a couple of times. But, oh. yeah, I, I like to try and just share share these um, passion projects. What's the point in me interviewing all these guests and promoting all these wrestling scenes without then trying to get them on other people's shows to keep mm-hmm. trying to help these scenes build? 
Mm-hmm. Exactly. Like you said, it's building off of uh, each other and all that. I feel like sometimes, too, while the wrestling community is positive and all that, I feel like sometimes people don't talk about some of the behind the scenes stuff, because like we said, sometimes things don't go according to plan in any profession. So what would you say is one difficult, what would you say is one difficulty in your line of work that maybe not a lot of people know about? Ooh. So is that in terms of guests or, the promoting side of things or honestly honestly it, it it's all entailed in interviewing and hosting it could be some behind the scenes getting guests on it could be physical recording it basically can be yeah. anything what do you think is one difficulty or struggle that unless you're like in this profession or industry that not many people might know about i think what, one of the things i try not to do is announce that i've got a guest before we've recorded mm-hmm. because I've had it in the past for whatever reason, whether it's the guest just flaking out or mm-hmm. um, something seriously happening in either my life or their life and it not happening. I just feel don't don't promise um, mm-hmm. that you've got something and then fail to deliver on it, I guess. Um, mm-hmm. And I just think some sometimes it can be people's competitiveness. I think that can... Um, that can pull away from things and ruin a little bit of the enjoyment. I know for myself, I, I nearly walked away a couple of times. Like I used to do a previous venture with like two people that were my friends and we don't really, I don't speak to one of them at all now. The other one I speak a little bit to, um, but nothing like before. And mm-hmm. it's, and I think that's why I just try and share the love and try and be positive because mm-hmm. there's enough shit that goes on in life. I think wrestling's everybody's escape, but mm-hmm. I think it's, yeah, I think it's just with your guests, just make sure don't be promoting it before it's recorded. I can definitely say that I'm guilty of that in the beginning. And then, like you said, whether they just flake out and like ghost or something or something like an emergency happens and then you have to reschedule and then they forget to reschedule or other stuff happens i would yeah. i'm definitely guilty of that in the beginning but me, so that's me why too, I've, me too. I've kind of learned to pump the brakes until like yeah. after we record it or like like a couple hours before that i have so-and-so coming on like tomorrow or something if i feel like they're not gonna flake i've definitely learned to yeah. pump the brakes but i'm definitely guilty of that in the beginning and then it just doesn't happen. So then you're like, Oop, oops. <laughs> exactly. And I, I've done it a couple of times. And I think yeah. that's why if people look at my social media now, it's never I'm speaking to this guest because mm-hmm. it's happened. It's happened enough. And yeah. um, I've had it at wrestling shows where we'll plan to speak at a show and anything can happen. Mm-hmm. Um, I always remember uh, sitting down with Chris Ridgeway after uh, Progress, super strong style. And it was the events uh, it was the venue staff that was ushering all the fans out and despite chris saying no it's fine we're doing an interview like no all fans have to be gone and wow. so it was stuff like that were mm-hmm. even though it wasn't my fault it wasn't chris's fault mm-hmm. which still happens to the outside um stuff so yeah i like to um i like to wait on that one 
Yeah, definitely agree. <laughs> Even though it's fun to, you know, like build some pipe tours and interview, definitely like pump the brakes sometimes because stuff yeah. happens. You know, you have to quickly adapt to it and not everything works out in this industry. So definitely agree. But earlier on, you mentioned a mutual pal of ours, Emily Hayden. So can you <laughs> tell us more about Wrestle Pals with Emily Hayden? How did that come into fruition? You know what? It it was from my interview with her and again, I think it I think we spoke for about twenty five minutes, not even discussing wrestling. And it was just it was just an ease we had a lot of similarities, we had a lot of hobbies that were similar and mm-hmm. we just had such a such a fun chat and I think because Emily's whole thing's like Wrestle Beach and she was on about like my wrestle sis and my wrestle ma and <laughs> yep. it just came up that I was her wrestle pal. And I always remember, like, even the clo- even the closing of it, you can just see, like, how happy we were, were. I think it was, like, both putting, like, two things up either side, doing, like, the peace sound, but, like, sticking tongues out or mm-hmm. doing, like, scrunching our faces if it's, like, blowing a kiss or whatever and, <laughs> like, that emoji. And mm-hmm. it just went from there and we, we stayed in touch and it got to the point where I was chatting most days, like, mm-hmm. where it's about... F- about nothing or about personal stuff or anything like that and it's been it's been difficult because we want to do the show um but then the speaking out happened where Mm -hmm. i wasn't recording um and i put everything on hiatus and Mm -hmm. a bit similar with emily and then i came back into things and i was doing the whole rebranding and then my daughter was born so it'd been it's been difficult to try and get it up. We've got a show that we're recording next week, yeah. not for Wrestle Pals, mm-hmm. but it'll be for another show idea that I've got. It'll be herself and Ian Skinner called D and Dub, which is for those D and D fans out there. Um, I know it's not everybody's um, cup of tea or whatever, but myself, Emily, and Ian all like it. So we're going to try and um, it's going to be Dungeons and Wrestling D and Dub, and we're going to try and incorporate just talking about Dungeons and Dragons and what we're doing, but then also doing some challenges like making a party out of wrestlers or things like that. So we're going to be recording the first episode of that in the coming weeks and the show Wrestle Pals or if that's what it'll be. I know there's another show, I think, called Wrestle Pals. They've made it very apparent because <laughs> whenever we message each other saying hashtag Wrestle Pal, they comment and I think it was like my one year anniversary and Emily was like, I'm so proud of your show, hashtag WrestlePal. And they just commented on her saying we've been going for like four years or something like that. I'm like, uh-huh. come on. So I, d- I don't know if we're going to go what name we'll go with, but yeah, she's my WrestlePal and we want to do a show where it's not going to be about wrestling. Mm-hmm. It's just going to be about everything. else, all our other hobbies, whether it's gaming, films, TV, mm-hmm. anything going on in the world. Just, a fun catch-up, I guess, and mm-hmm. just some topics, but we're going to record it. Yeah, no, like, my last chat with Emily, we talked, like, maybe two questions on wrestling, but then the rest was gaming, movies, shows, podcasting, and all that fun stuff. So sometimes those episodes are the most fun where you're not talking wrestling, you're talking just general hobbies and stuff. Those are really, really fun to record. Yeah, definitely. So hopefully we can do that, like, each week, whether it's horror or Mm -hmm. marvel or superheroes or D D, who knows 
Now, you also co-host Fierce Females Focus with Aisha Raymond, which, for those who don't know, is basically a show giving a rundown on the Glasgow promotion Fierce Females. So how did that relationship come about and lead to the Fierce Females Focus? So I interviewed Aisha for my old show. um, Mm -hmm. where It was was supposed to be for my my show, and I didn't know what was kind of happening with my joint venture that I had. Mm -hmm. And they was like, well, do you want to just release it on ours? So I was like, okay, I'll put it on yours. And then I think Aisha, Aisha reached out. And at this point, I, I was going to give it all up. Um, mm-hmm. I wasn't going to do a rebrand. I was just going to stop recording because of certain aspects of the podcast community, I guess. And yeah. she reached out and she's like, hey, like, I'm going to be doing more stuff with Fierce Females. I'd like to get you on board. Um, so I just said, look um i'm i've decided to leave uh the show oh, i'm i'm only doing my solo stuff now i understand if you want their brand because we'd spent the brand we spent a few years building that brand i only spent a couple of months at the time building my own and she was like and i was expecting oh, okay yeah we want theirs because it's like a lot more followers i think at the time was about five thousand followers mm-hmm. and then she was like, no, she was like, I want you. She went, whatever. She went, I had a lot of fun speaking to you. Um, whatever show you're doing, like, I want it to be that brand that we're working with. Mm-hmm. So that that was a real good feel-good moment. Um, again, if it weren't for Emily or Aisha offering me that, or I don't know if I'd have done the rebrand, they really helped me massively. And so, yeah, I started speaking to the owner, uh, bro, well, um nearly said a shooting name but started speaking to the owner about like what ideas I had mm-hmm. and we kept collaborating between the three of us and yeah we did a couple of episodes of Fierce Female Focus where we'd watch one of the shows um and would break it down and review it essentially myself and Aisha which was surreal getting Aisha to review mm-hmm. one of her own matches um and that content goes straight on their video on demand, and then mm-hmm. a little later gone to their YouTube, and just being given that um, that platform. Like I interviewed Sarah Marie Taylor yes. for my show, mm-hmm. but I put it on Fierce Females video on demand first, and hopefully we're going to be doing more of that where it'll be me and Aisha doing shows to announce updates and news and stuff like that and reviews of the shows but then also myself interviewing the roster of fierce females Mm -hmm. definitely i look forward to that too i know the uk and europe is kind of shaky right now with lockdown and everything but here's to (laughs) hopes for the future i would love to see some new interviews and everything glasgow has to offer for fierce females on their youtube channel and their on-demand service so i definitely safety first of course but uh, we can always look forward to it you know yeah definitely um just it's it's exciting their ideas mm-hmm. their, their stance on wrestling and the whole speaking out thing like can't speak highly enough for fierce females mm-hmm. and they've set up their dojo which Aisha Raymond's running and when you've got her body of work why wouldn't mm-hmm. you want to go train for Aisha and yeah it's just really exciting and then I've got the wrestle carnival stuff which should be an interesting new venture I'm I'm really really excited for you to be working with the Russell Carnival. That's gonna be incredible, Kurt. Very very proud of you with that. 
Oh, thank you. Um, <laughs> I've only been able to do a couple of interviews so mm-hmm. far. Um, Dave Bradshaw and James R. Kennedy, who will mm-hmm. be the commentators, those on. And that goes straight to Wrestle Carnival's YouTube page. Um, and, yeah, they, it's just uh, – I trust Gary. Um, he did some great stuff with WrestleGate. I know he do some really good stuff with Wrestle Carnival. And, again, with him asking me to be on board – and do these interviews like the digital interviews whatever mm-hmm. it, i'm not sure if or what i'll be doing on a show day maybe nothing maybe just going to help out mm-hmm. but to be able to do the um digital content is it is a lot it is a lot of fun like i mentioned with episode one the calling it beyond the canvas and then i had kanji on episode two Ooh, which mm-hmm. was great and then they've got wrestle cares which is a fantastic charity setup um where they collect toys and action figures and everything wrestling related and then they'll go give it to like underprivileged children mm-hmm. and stuff like that they've got involved with wrestle carnival and then these blokes who are now the sponsor of my own show are also working with wrestle carnival and it's a new company set up to do like a forum for men's mental health where people can speak under their own name or do it anonymously just to try and get that additional support if they're struggling. So really excited for what they're going to be doing. Now it's apparent that you are well-versed and professional in your line of work. So do you have any advice to any up and coming or aspiring interviewers and hosts you can share with us? Like be yourself. I think when we, when we first started out, we was trying all sorts like, thinking right let's try and get a gimmick over or let's try and get this over and it just I don't know like I know a few people have would call me the African sweet sensation Mm -hmm. because my like my family despite me being English grandparents I've got black South African but then I've got Swedish and Danish as well so I'm quite and was trying to get that and I don't know it just didn't feel the right thing to do and just be yeah be yourself i I think when it comes to interviewing don't rely on wikipedia Uh, Mm -hmm. um i remember interviewing john schuyler and he he said to me like you know what it was refreshing to do an interview where they've not just read off my wikipedia page which Mm -hmm. that was a good compliment for myself and i think that's something i pride myself on is doing the research you don't have to i used to do it where i'd structure nearly every question and i feel oh no, i need to get that in or i'd maybe not elaborate on something to get to the next question and i think over time i think i can't remember the last time i wrote a question down for an interview i do my research i try and mm-hmm. absorb as much of it as i can i might have some facts on my computer or anything yeah. like that but i just use them if i need to um i try and go in with right, these are the stuff they've done, this is what I want to talk about, this is what I want to get from the interview. And just I, I allow the tangents and stuff like that, because that's where you get the good stuff, you know? Yeah. Like, if you can find everything on the internet, it's already out there. It's the, it's about finding those stories that you can't, mm-hmm. you can't read about. Exactly, too. And um, 
I will props to you for having like the brain capacity for that. I know I talked to um, Billy of Scottish wrestling network and he just has like bullet points, but for the most part, it's like retaining everything and getting those facts and all that information cracked in. Cause it is more natural. So I definitely have to agree with that. And you do, you implement that very well into your show. I can tell you're very well researched. You're very professional and you have a good rapport with people. It's like natural conversation, you know? So definitely I can, attest to your work being like that too so thank you to anybody listening kurt is one of the best so i would definitely listen to him if you're into or maybe thinking about becoming an interviewer or a host definitely take his words to heart no no that means a lot and just don't stress yourself out about Mm -hmm. it like there's room for improvement for anybody like i Mm -hmm. i always say to my guests like is there anything you think i could improve on and whether they say this or no nothing i in life i never ask what did i do well because if i'm already doing it well that's great i want to know what i'm not doing well so be open to criticism as long as it's constructive obviously you don't want people just shitting on you for the sake of it but be open to criticism be open to new ideas and just keep practicing whether it's graphic designing or the editing or like I, w- I was useless and um, when I first started we had somebody that would do all the editing all the graphic designing and I was like you know what I want to try it and my first graphic um it was with the queen of any I had her coming on speaking about AEW I thought it was absolutely amazing um I managed to cut out Adam Cole and Chris Jericho out of a picture and I look back at that, I'm like, oh, my God, what was that? But at the time, I thought it was amazing. <laughs> and over over the year, I've just kept going at it and going at it and trying new things. And I've got to a stage where I'm, I, I like my graphics now. And it will probably change, but I like what I'm doing with the thumbnails. And that that came with time. So don't be disheartened. Don't do it for the views or the fame or the publicity. Just if you do it for the love of wrestling, then you're always winning. When you get caught up on what other people are doing or um, how many views you've got or anything like that, like you might start out with three views. That's still three people that have invested your their time in watching your product or listening to your product. And for you to dismiss that, I think it's disrespectful to your, your audience. And, just keep just keep trying to just keep trying to build that's all i say and if you are interviewing guests make sure you're promoting it make sure you don't do the one and done hey this is my interview um i can't remember whether how many times your interview with emily has popped up whether it was yourself or emily sharing it that's what you need to be doing don't do the one and done or releasing like four interviews in the same day or something like that Give time and respect to your guests. So no, but I definitely agree. Definitely promoting not only yourself, but your guests as well to be sure that they are just as well appreciated as you definitely agree with that. Now, lastly, as you we mentioned earlier, you have done over 20 different countries of interviews. So yeah. within that around the world, who do you think are some stars that people need to be paying attention to, not just in UK where you're from, but from around the world? So I've already mentioned Shao Kat and L.A. Taylor, so I won't say them now because um, I think that'd be the easier one. I think from 
Let me think. From the UK, Emily Hayden. I think she's just going to absolutely skyrocket. Um, from Malaysia, over in Shalka, have a look at Eman the Kid. He's currently residing in Australia. Um, mm-hmm. I think he wanted to go back to Malaysia, but the COVID pandemic has stopped him from going back. Oh, wow. Because uh, he's, currently, mm-hmm. he's currently studying in Australia. Um, so Eman the Kid, he's, he's great. He's still young, but very, very good. Uh, Singapore has some great talent um, in Andrew Andrew Tang, um, the owner of SPW, and Alexis Lee as well, the first Singaporean female wrestler. Um, she she's great. I think if you look in the Scandinavian wrestling scene, man, that scene's just absolutely mm-hmm. incredible. Whether it's Body Slam, um, Copenhagen Championship Wrestling, or Dansk Pro in Denmark, um. Peter Alessander, Michael Finn, Emeritus there, doing some great stuff. But the four horsewomen, they're being called now, um, from people on social media of Scandinavia, I've interviewed mm-hmm. two of them in Alice Inc. and Sixth mm-hmm. from Sweden. And then there's Aya Frick and Betty Rose. They're doing some fantastic stuff. And I think the Scandinavian scene is going to be maybe that next independent scene to get the mm-hmm. boom. I hope so. There's a lot of talented communities around the world that I don't think get enough recognition. So it's really, really cool that you've kind of dabbled in a bit from around the world everywhere. And so I'm definitely going to check out some of those names that. So thank you for sharing that with us. There, You definitely have an eye for a talent around the world. And that's something that more people should be doing as well. I know I'm going to start implementing and doing some research because there's so many talented people from around the world that we may not know if we don't do a bit of research. So thank you for that, Kurt. Oh, no, definitely. Like, I think I've mentioned it to you before, like mm-hmm. yourself and Alice Inc. That'd be a great conversation. Yes. She's got a great story. Same with Sixth. Um, and then I think I've had like Vicky Noctum in Norway. She's just starting out. But again, such a great one and alexis lee from singapore there's mm-hmm. this there's so many good stories out there so just try just try and find them like i used to just watch wwe all the time mm-hmm. and a lot of the products i wasn't enjoying and but i'd still watch it out of habit so i thought you know what i'm gonna start watching other stuff and mm-hmm. i think now like wrestling is all i've got my passion about wrestling again like whilst it's been difficult with a pandemic or speaking mm-hmm. out i've still been able to be quite passionate because of all these new yeah projects and countries that i found mm-hmm. definitely now before i let you go kurt can you please tell the listeners where they can find you on all your social media so on facebook the kurt johansson show um on face on twitter it's at k johansson show i think let me have a look i don't normally say yeah k johansson show instagram is at the k johansson show if you want my personal twitter it is at k johansson underscore and yeah if you just type in the k johansson show on youtube you'll find all my video content there um i believe i'm on like spotify and podbean for my audio Mm -hmm. don't think i'm on itunes don't think i've got that set up yet i need to pull my finger out and get that sorted but yeah just find me on social media and you'll just see me promoting um everybody around the world i think one of my recent ones was from taiwan um who knew there was a wrestling scene in taiwan like Mm -hmm. it's Mm -hmm. it's amazing well thank you so much again for joining me today kurt it's been a pleasure no definitely and like thank you for having me on your show like you are 
you are one of the best out there. It's the reason why I suggest guests to you and mm-hmm. say you'd be a great place because the content you're doing is fantastic. So keep up, keep being yourself. And I look forward to doing something again, whether it's on your show again or my show. We'll have to make it happen. We definitely will. And I appreciate that so much. So thank you so much again. Uh, thank you.